Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on All About Fertility podcast. My name's Ella and today I have two amazing women who are first generation of IVF babies. June marks 40 years of IVF in Australia and I'm delighted to welcome Candice Thurm, Australia's first IVF baby, and Rebecca Featherstone, also first generation of IVF. Welcome ladies, how are you today? Hi, thank you. We're great. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. No problem. Now, Rebecca, you're in New South Wales, uh, in Sydney, and Candice, you're in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, in Auckland, New Zealand. And how's everything over there at the moment in lockdown? (laughs) We've just entered our level three, which I think is probably what you guys have been living with for a little while. Yes. Um, So I had my first coffee. First coffee a couple of days ago um, in about five weeks. It was very exciting. Oh, my gosh. Were you just like running on the adrenaline and just like running around? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. And how have you been coping, Rebecca? Yeah, good, really well, Um, you know, considering this semi-lockdown, I would say, but um, just just in relation to coffee, that's actually been my excitement of each day is going out to get a coffee. And it's amazing the small things that you appreciate, you know, during this time. Um, yeah, now I'm yeah. looking forward to having um, two adults over for dinner or a drink or something. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I feel like it's it's settling. But then I spoke to a friend who works in a hospital and she was like, oh, it feels like a calm, be- calm before the storm. And I was like, ah, don't say yeah. that, please. I know. <laughs> Let's and I just think we've got the yeah, and we've got the flu season around the corner as well. Yeah, so that's like, oh. exactly what she was saying. She was saying mm. it was about the flu season. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited talking to you ladies because it's not every day that I get to speak to adults who are conceived from IVF. I have, and many other people who I know personally or on forums, we have young kids and there's some who are still waiting for their miracle. So it's a great insight to what it's like growing up knowing that you were conceived um, via IVF. But before we get into that, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Candice <laughs> first. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, this year in June will be turning 40, which is quite a big milestone, not only for me personally, but I guess for the IVF world because it sort of marks, you know, 40 years of IVF um, IVFlings being born in Australia. So um, it's quite strange to celebrate um, celebrate a milestone like that, you know, yeah. not only with my family, but with everyone in the IVF world, but um, that's sort of what I've grown up with. Uh, so, yeah, I was born, I was born in um, Melbourne in Victoria in 1980. Mm-hmm. I do have an older brother. He's four years older than me. Yeah. Um, he is a miracle within himself. My parents, my parents were married quite young and knew that they wouldn't be able to have children. Um, despite mm-hmm. that, you know, was the number one dream of my mum. She wanted to have, you know, lots and lots of kids. Um, but yeah. somehow he he arrived. And to this day, we still don't know how. Um, and they, oh. yeah, it's it's pretty intense. It's a miracle of the body, right? Yeah, exactly. So they tried for another few years. Um, with no luck and were put on to a very experimental program in Melbourne. We're from the country in Victoria in Latrobe Valley, Gippsland. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and um, put on this experimental program. It was 
looking at IVF and um, my parents were just honestly they were just the lucky ones that it that it worked for at that time it could have been a number of people but it was yeah. them so did they go through like an application process how did they find out about it so my mum's a nurse oh, okay. and um, but she has, you know, had a few connections, I guess, and she was just sitting with her GP one day for a normal consult, probably about the flu or something, mm. and he said, by the way, you know, he knew her history, by the way, I've heard of um, something happening down in the city that is trying to help people like you get pregnant. Would you like me to refer you? And she said, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Went home, spoke about it with my dad, and got a referral. and And I think they just drove up to the city, to the big smoke, and um, went on the program. Met with met with the team, and away they went. Wow! Can you remember how they felt the first time, like going into that consult? No, no, I don't know. Yeah, we, they haven't really told me. Oh, really? I think my mum reflects upon it being. Um, you know, a time of, of excitement. It was, you know, me, meeting yeah. the team at the Royal Women's that was led by Dr. Ian Johnson. Um, that she, mm-hmm. she and my father just said they, they were just tremendous people, you know, like so that there was nothing kind of scary about it. They were very genuine people. They were very smart yeah. um, and charismatic and they genuinely just wanted to help people get pregnant. So, mm. you know, and that was their whole premise. Um, and that's what all my mum and dad wanted was was another child, you know, just maybe one more, yeah. um, and that's and that's what they got. They were really lucky. So, when were you aware that you were an IVF baby and your parents' story? <laughs> it was really hard for them to keep it a secret. <laughs> so, I've all, I've always yeah. Well, actually, yes, you're like the rock star of IVF, right? I don't know if I was the rock star but it was it was hard for them well the first one it is Um, yeah so it was I guess it was hard for them to keep it a secret because it was you know it was news it was news of the day so I've always grown up in the knowledge that I was um an IVF baby not only an IVF baby I guess Australia's first IVF baby um like and it was just you know it was part of my story and part of our family story but by no means, you know, the whole story didn't make up all of who I am or all of who we are as yeah. a family. Yeah. And Rebecca, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, sure. So um, I was actually conceived at Bourne Hall, um, which is located in Cambridge in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, the inventors of um, the pioneers of IVF, Steptoe and Edwards, um, were working from there. Um, mm-hmm. And that's also where the world's um, first baby Louise Brown was yep. conceived. Um, so, yeah, so back when my mother did it, it was um, it was all very different. I mean, um, the, the first instance, what happened with her is she had um, my sister naturally and mm-hmm. then she used back in those days, we, we don't use this anymore, but a copper IUD. Um, she presented to the doctor with an extreme pain and he kept telling her that it was fine, um, mm-hmm. but actually it wasn't and it scarred her whole fallopian tubes and uterus and everything else. And right. So therefore she became um, infertile at the age of 28 mm. or so. Um, oh she was gosh. devastated. Yeah, devastated. Um, like Candace's um, mum and dad really wanted a big family. Yeah. Um, so she was, you know, her and my father um, really didn't know what to do. They were very upset. 
Um, and then they're like, look, let's just try anything. And I think that happens a lot, um, you know, when you are going through infertility, you so want a child that you do kind of, you know, try any sort of option that's available. Yeah. Um, so they thought, look, let's try for adoption. And then my dad, and yes, I always have to remind everyone that it was my dad who thought of the idea. He had read um, this big piece on um, Stepped in the Woods and Louise Brown and this, this mm. new um, form of um, uh, assisted reproductive treatment called IVF. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he said to my mum, look, this, this is happening at Bourne Hall. They've done this and that. Look, let's try it. So they went to their doctor and the doctor said, look, you know, you may have a good chance because you have had a child already. Mm. Um, so he then, you know, um, sent her along to Bourne Hall. Um, yeah. And, you know, back in those days she had to live there for two weeks and it was really, it's really mm. interesting listening to her stories because they believed if you played really nice music and, and you, um, you know, fed the people trying to go through IVF really nice food, then that would help. And so mm-hmm. my mum kind of explains it like a bit of a holiday really. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, very different to what it's like now. Um, so she had to stay there and she was in a ward with about three or four other women. And, um, they, you know, sort of there. Going through the same thing, they didn't all fall pregnant. She was the only one. But what happened was, which is a really nice story, um, so after she did all the procedures and everything, she went home and um, and she, you know, um, you know, not that day, but a few weeks later, whenever it is, when you get the call, she, um, the phone rings and it was her, it was um, stepped over to say, oh, look, you're actually pregnant. And she was so excited. She, I bet she couldn't believe it because it was, it's also like she thought it was quite strange. It's whole idea thing. Anyway, yeah. she, you know, excited, hangs up the phone, um, gets another phone call. This is no word of a lie. And it yeah. was the adoption clinic to say, congratulations, you have a baby boy. So, um, yeah, so I have a brother who is, I know he's ten months older than me. Oh my goodness! And yeah, so I've got my sister, <laughs> my brother, me. and myself. So um, their family grew very quickly. Yeah. and um, and yeah, because my dad's Aussie, we then moved back from England oh, moved wow. to Australia when I was a baby. I was two, and then I've been yeah in Sydney, Bondi, ever since. So that's sort of um, their story, yep. and um, yes, they're very happy that they did Excellent. Um, go through it. <laughs> yeah. She got her family, her big family. Yeah. <laughs> um, and can you remember uh, when you were growing up, when you first understood that you were an IVF baby or, again, like Candice, you just knew growing up? Yeah, so my, um, my story is a little bit different to Candice. It's quite interesting. My, so my brother was always aware that he was adopted. He was told from a very young age. Um, but my mum mm-hmm. my and dad were a bit, I think, confused how to tell me that I was born through IVF. So it wasn't until I was about 12, um, I remember I think I was in year six or year seven, and they sat me down and they explained um, IVF and what they did to sort of to have me. And I was very excited, Mm -hmm. but I kind of didn't understand. I I actually thought, and I remember thinking like that I was made on a Bunsen burner or something with like a bit of salt (laughs) and pepper or something. Didn't really get it. So obviously it came to mind that it is to do with science, but other than that, I yeah. didn't know. And, and then they, um, it was really nice. They just went on to explain in layman's terms what it was and, um, you know, how much that they wanted us and um, wanted yeah. me and, um, yeah, and, you know, being a part of history and everything. So that was that was really nice and that's how I found out. And, um, yeah, I was very in, intrigued after that. Like I very much found the whole process intriguing, asked lots of questions, yeah. um, 
I guess that happened a bit more when I was about 18 or 19. I became, yeah, very much kind of wanting to know a bit more. And I also really wanted to meet another child born through IVF. And that's when I um, yeah. I actually um, was in contact with Access Australia. So that's how we do. And they look after consumers going through IVF. And then I was put in contact with Candice. And, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, once Candice and I... Um, you know, had that. So concept. you've known each other for a very <laughs> yes, long time. We've known each other since yeah. you were eighteen. Yeah, a very long time. And you know, we always joke and say we were actually yeah. made to be friends because we're best friends. Yeah, so, like we're just so close. Yeah, so, we joke fantastic. all the time. Don't we? we were literally made is... to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we have some very uncanny similarities as well. Yeah, yeah, in our, in our likes and things. And we're still uncovering them now. Sometimes Rebecca will be like, oh, I'm just craving, a, you know, whatever. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I love those mm. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly mint slices and Pepsi Max candies. Do you remember it ever being discussed at school? Um, or did you, I mean, obviously the te- teachers must have known. Um, and was it discussed openly, especially, you know, going into high school? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, the, it was common knowledge that I was, you know, we were called test tube babies then. It was common knowledge in um, the community that I was the test tube baby, the first test tube baby in Australia. Yeah. But I don't, mm-hmm. and I think that's because we were a small community. You just, you know, there was, yeah. there was nowhere to hide. Anything. Um, but I don't ever recall it being a, a negative thing. It was never discussed in a negative way. I was never treated differently. I never felt yeah. like people were talking, you know, talking about me in, in a negative way. Um, mm. I went to a Catholic high school, which, you know, at that time IVF was a bit controversial in sort of, you know, the world of religion. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, but, it, but again, it was never, the teachers, the teachers would have known for sure. Some of them would have known. The students knew, but it was again, it was never sort of brought to attention or into focus, or was never questioned in a negative way. Mm. Um, I had, you know, there's definitely some li- some little funny stories about being asked um, if I knew who my dad was. Um, right? Can you t- can you tell us the story? <laughs> yeah, I will. I can't remember oh, how old would I have been? Maybe thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. and um was a boy that I went to high school with and he just sort of one day just outrightly said well do you even know who your dad is <laughs> and I didn't even sort of realize that he would have been referring at all to being an IVF baby <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh, yeah yeah I know who my dad is I live with him <laughs> yeah and he was like oh but you know was it were you not like don't would your mum not have a donor or something and um right. I'm so, yeah, paraphrasing. I can't remember ex- the exact yeah. word. And then I went, oh, okay. Like, no, you know, it was my dad's parts and it was my mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, and, I, and I think living in, in a rural community, you know, like artificial insemination was kind of common. So I'm wondering, um, you know, if he might have been referring to, you know, his knowledge knowledge of of, it, of fertility yeah. was you know, artificial insemination, things that happen on the farm. So I was brave yeah. of him, I guess, you know, in hindsight now to, to ask the question. But, um, yeah, that was one funny little story that happened to me. And, Rebecca, what about yourself? 
Yeah, so I think um, because I wasn't 12 until I found out, so we just primary school there. Um, mm. But, yeah, I remember a few sort of things at high school. I mean, most of the time my friends and people I knew were very excited by it but it was pretty cool and stuff like that. Um, there were a few little things. Like I remember once um, one of my good friends, very good friend of mine, didn't, didn't believe me. And then I had to bring him um, a letter that stepped on Edwards had signed saying, you know, how many um, babies had been born at Ball Hall and this and the other. And I showed her that. She's like, oh, my God, okay, that's really cool. I think she just thought I was, like, telling a lie or something. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny, like, there's, and Candice knows these stories, but there's a few things that happened more when I was an adult. Like, and there's um, one in particular I remember, I was probably about 23 and I was working at this um, acting agency and one of, and I had been sick for about a week and a half. Like I was quite sick, mm. like the flu or something. And one of the girls, who was lovely but obviously very um, ignorant, said, Oh, are you okay? Are you sick so much because you were born through IVF? And I was like, um, No, I've just, you know, I've just, you know, got a cold or a flu or whatever. So I thought that was quite interesting how sometimes people you might think um, mm. who are quite, um, you know, smart and well-spoken and whatnot can say something as stupid as that. So um, and then another time I think sometimes a few people, um, I remember someone saying to me, oh, my God, that means your parents didn't have sex. Like they were so shocked that they didn't have sex to have me. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so nothing like, oh, test you, test you, baby, go away, nothing like that. But a lot of um, I guess more people just a bit ignorant and, um, yeah, didn't realise yeah. And that's the thing, though, right? Because it's not really, especially 10, 15, 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't really spoken openly about Mm. um, IVF. Um, So you do get people who are not so versed or educated around IVF and, you know, come out with silly comments like that. And I think this is why it's so important nowadays to be open about IVF and talk about it. So, you know, we are equipping the next generation to understand about fertility IVF and you know who you are as as people and I think that's where it starts from Mm. education yeah look it's so important and you know I think now as well um because IVF is more common it's more advanced technique and um you know it works more than it did when Candice and I um were conceived but you know there's many more children um born through IVF and I think you know isn't it Candice something like one or two children in every classroom have born through assisted yeah. reproductive technology. So, you know, it's very important mm. for them mm. to know why their mum or dad or two mums, two dads had to go through that and what the reason was behind it and that, you know, they're just as normal as everybody else. Um, mm. You know, and it's and it's funny, like Candice and I have, were often asked um, by media if how do we know that we can't have children and that's my next oh, is question, it? Yeah. actually. So, yeah, yeah, so that's great. It's a great leading. <laughs> okay, there we are. That works well. And, um, you know, that was that was a question that came up a lot for us. And even though we knew we are made just like everybody else and we probably could have children and we didn't really think otherwise, but there was something, and Candice jumped with you when you want as well, but there was sort of something at the back of our minds, May, maybe we, what if we can't, even though we can, but... I do remember once a reporter mm. asked me, and I said, well, actually, Louise Brown, the world's first IVF baby, has mm. a baby, so, you know, it's fine. Mm. And, you know, there of you course, go. Candace and I have <laughs> our own children 
um, and they were conceived yeah. naturally and they're beautiful kids and, you know, it's all fine. Mm. So um, we can have children, yes. <laughs> so if we, if we sort of stem back to, you know, that, that ignorance, um, that is something that Rebecca and I have always spoken about, not only the ignorance of, of what is, you know, a test you baby or what is an IVF fling or, you know, the questions that we got asked as young adults. It's also the ignorance um, from people who we would consider quite educated and intelligent, not understanding their fertility, their body at all, and not even trying, not, not even sort of asking those questions until it's too late. It's not until people rock up to a fertility clinic that they realise how important this stuff is and how important it was to know it much, much earlier. And it's one of the reasons why Rebecca and I have launched um, Fertility Matters. And that, and that for us is all about getting, you know, better education into the schools around fertility and fertility treatments, but with a big, massive focus on, on fertility health. Um, we know that sort of at at any given time, there's 9% of Australian couples experiencing infertility and 3%, like you said before, Rebecca, 3% of all Australian births are from assisted mm. reproductive technology. So, like, this this is something that mm. we need to talk about and that's what we're aiming to do. Yeah, look, it's so important and it is um, yeah, just going back to how shocked we really were about how little our smart young adults knew about their own fertility mm. health. You know, when Candice and I speak to people now, a lot of them say yeah. um, a lot of the feedback we get, um, so people are going through their own issues at the moment in relation to fertility, are like, gosh, I just wish I had known more. If I had known, you know, over, you know, the age yeah. of 32 and I've been trying for two years, then I should probably go and chat with someone if I had known that my endometriosis could maybe possibly affect this or, you know, and equally with mm. guys, you know, st steroid use, you know, and, and stuff. That a lot of the people, the feedback is, I just wish I'd known this and then I would have been able to make this plan or gone to the doctor or spoken to, you know, someone. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just having that that knowledge and what they can do with that knowledge. Mm. Because, I mean, one in six couples suffer fertility mm -hmm. issues um, and that's only going to increase in years to come, they say. Um, and I think with your charity that you set up, Fertility Matters, I think starting from that young age, I think that's where we can start closing the gap. Mm. It's also one of our key points that we want to talk about in that education is the diversity of family, you know, what family looks like now and and the way that we can have children mm. and that. And it, it's all completely normal. Like whatever your family looks like is completely normal and <laughs> we want to sort of debunk a whole bunch of myths but that's one of our really big things that we want to sort of normalize for want of a better word you know that um so that the kids sitting in the classroom that um know that they were born through fertility treatments and might be a donor or might be a whatever you know they they have the freedom to talk about it that their friends understand what that means and there's no there's no scariness with that at all yeah yeah definitely because you know my daughter she's conceived um from a donor and one of the reasons why i'm such an advocate for education and um you know speaking openly about ivf and donor programs etc is simply because you know i want my daughter to feel confident and empowered and understand her journey and you know not be ashamed of it and 
but there's still that element that you know I'm afraid of when she starts to school and you know what happens when she encounters someone who is not educated in mm. in that respect and so that's why I'm so you know such a big fan mm. of starting from mm. you know school age so people can understand especially you know when my daughter starts school yeah and you what she would be surprised as well at there will probably be many others um you know in yeah. her class who are also donut donor sperm but um yeah and it's all about empowering and the education you're right Ella. it's just mm. about having that and for your daughter to have that but also yeah her peers so they can all understand um you know what why um why that's the case and why people have to go through these treatments but um and you know I think that Candice and I will get there and what and what we have created is you know it's it's fun it's 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 not too long it's very um informative it's you know kind of cool I think that the young adults will actually really enjoy learning about it would you say Candice (laughs) oh absolutely Excellent. And the programs, are they set up in schools at the moment? Are they going into universities? Yeah, so the aim is that the package is going to be a digital resource that um, Mm -hmm. any schools can then use. Um, We're in the process of finalising our very first package and that will be available um, hopefully really, really soon. Excellent. Yeah, and so we're going to be aiming at... um, after the research we did and, and the many sort of different um, people we spoke to, we came to the conclusion that um, 15, 16-year-olds, so year 10 is the age group that we started with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because a lot of the um, the discussions we're having are about or, um, you know, periods and whatnot, and by that age, um, you know, most most young women um, have that and, and have a true understanding of it mm-hmm. and the um, body and everything else. And it's also a good age, like we, Candice and I both remember, in year 10, we just took so much in. We remember a lot about that year. Um, we took a lot of information in, you know, and it's great to get those young adults before they do go to year 11 and 12 where they have to do elective subjects and HSC and everything else. So um, that's the age that we're aiming at. Yeah, excellent. That's so good. Well, I'm excited about it and I'm sure that there's um, other people out there who'd be, you know, really open and excited that this program is going to start um is there any advice that you would give to an IVF parent or someone who's thinking about going down the IVF route so um I, I would give advice um as an IVF um parent um you know just be very honest with the, your child um you know straight from the beginning explain to them you know why you had to go through the process and you know what a wonderful um sort of um, story it was and how positive it is and just always be very open um, about it you know like what we were talking about before it's best having that that knowledge um, you know knowledge is power and then you know your um, your child will then you know go on to be confident in their own skin and you know really excited and everything else so I think that's that's really important um, just to be open and honest and um, yeah for the child. And Candice do you have any advice? Oh, look, I think um, my advice is exactly the same as what Rebecca has just said, you know, um, be be honest, be patient, um, be prepared to answer the questions that come at the time, only give, you know, the information that's necessary at the time for, you know, the age of the child that you're talking to, but you can still be, you know, really honest and delivering that information in an age-appropriate way um, and expanding it out as as the questions come as they grow up but you know it's not something to be 
frightened about. Um, yeah. I I adore being part of history. I adore that, mm. you know, being an IVFling is part of my story and I love hearing other IVFling stories and I just think, you know, we're, we're all so amazing and why would you not want to share that? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love the confidence. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really been important to hear your stories, what it was like growing up and, you know, navigating your teenage years. It's given me confidence and it inspired me. Um, you know, I don't need to worry about my daughter growing up and sharing her story. I think because I've demystified and normalised her journey, all she knows is mum and dad wanted to start a family, needed a bit of help and was conceived out of love. Exactly. And that's just so lovely. And you know what, if any IVF things ever want to reach out to Candice and I and have a chat, yeah. you know, we're more than happy to. So how can they reach you? Yeah, so we've got um, the best way will be through our website, which is, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, so yeah, www.fertilitymatters.org.au and there's um, a contact us sort of button there and that comes straight to Candice and I. So it comes Excellent. via email. And, yeah, so if anyone ever has any little questions or just wants to say hello, um, reach out, no worries at all. We'd love to hear from other IVFlings. We love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, ladies, thank you so much. We're, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram too if you want oh, to. Oh, Instagram, yeah, and Facebook. Are you on? Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Excellent. So what I will do is um, I'll have... Um, all your details in the comments um, so if anybody um, wanted to contact you they're able to yeah fab excellent yeah thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me i know it's late for you candice i didn't realize <laughs> oh you're right don't worry honestly it's you know doing these kinds of things is really enjoyable and i love um getting together with other strong women who are you know on a similar path so we've got to do it together together yes thank you thank you so much Ella it was just lovely Excellent. chatting well thank you again for your time and I will speak to you soon okay, thanks, thanks Ella bye bye